This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, let me stop playing. So the Final Four happened. I wanted to do a show right after the Final Four, but I didn't because I was loafing and I hadn't put out my other show, episode 88. I hadn't put it out yet. It was still just sitting on, on the computer, unedited. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I do that much editing anyway, but Baylor destroyed Houston. I was expecting them to win comfortably, like by 10, just like against, just like Gonzaga versus UCLA, but it didn't happen that way on both fronts. I even saw that on Twitter, someone said they expected Baylor and Houston to be a good game. And they expected Gonzaga and UCLA to be a blowout. I could see that. I was hoping for two blowouts because, well, I wanted the easiest path possible to Gonzaga versus Baylor, a matchup I've been waiting for all season long. I mean, we got there, but barely. Well, first of all, Baylor and Houston, I didn't get to watch. I listened to it on the radio. Uh, because I was out doing lift. When the game started, I was out buoy somewhere, picking people up, dropping people off. So I heard on the radio, and it just seemed like Baylor was running away with it. They, it seemed like they was making everything. It seemed like <laughs> Jared Butler was going off. I, it felt like Houston was right there because that guy, uh, Sasser, Sasser was just making every other three he was taking. But... He was the only one scoring in the first half. And Baylor just dominated. They were just too much, you know. When Once Meyer came off the bench, see, when you're deep like Baylor, they're deeper than you think. You got your starting five, but, you know, their bigs are underrated. And then you had Flagler coming off the bench. And Meyer, Meyer really took off and um, had Baylor stretch their lead once he came in the game and that's important especially when Davion Mitchell gets in foul trouble which he he can do sometimes because the way he plays defense yo that was crazy that was sick and that was a hell that was a heck of a game well a heck of a game meaning from Baylor's point of view Houston was just this didn't have a chance you know they kind of woke up in the second half but it didn't matter I mean Baylor was up 25 and they just coasted. It's too much. And then after that, I finally got home for Gonzaga and, and UCLA. I had to make sure I saw one of the games. I really, I rather have seen Baylor and Houston because I like Baylor and I picked them to win the whole thing. So I was like, I want to come home and see that. But no, the way things kind of shook out, and I was like. It's more convenient for me to do lift during the Baylor game. And that was the right decision because Gonzaga and UCLA was one of the best games I've seen in a while as far as college basketball. I mean, of course, you got your, you know, Kansas and Oklahoma was really good. But anyway, the point still remains. It's still a hell of a game to Kansas and Oklahoma. I don't think anything can top that Kansas and Oklahoma game from January 2016. And then the whole women's Final Four from 2018, I think I was driving by then. I think it was 2018. That whole Final Four was incredible. That was, every game was an instant classic. So it was up there with that. And man, it was kind of annoying because UCLA was the biggest threat to my bracket. I mean, they beat Michigan. Well, honestly, they kind of helped me out there because the biggest threat in my bracket pool had Michigan, and they lost. They <laughs> had them winning, so they helped me out there, but they were a big threat to Gonzaga, and they, I was mad because they beat Alabama, and they shouldn't have because Alabama just choked. So, you know, that, that was kind of annoying, and even though they took Michigan out and helped me in the bracket pool, which I won, by the way. <laughs> it's still kind of annoying that no one could stop Juzang. I never heard of this guy before the tournament, and yet no one can stop him. He had 28 versus Michigan. He had most of UCLA's points 
in the first half against Michigan, and they still won. How on earth? That's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how basketball is supposed to work. But, man, he was killing it. And the same thing against Gonzaga. And uh, him and Jaquez and Raleigh and uh, Tiger. forgot his last name. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, those guys were incredible. They they really came to play. They were really on fire. I think they would have did better against Baylor in the championship. But they probably would have lost because I don't think they've ever seen a defensive team like that before. Even though, you know, in the tournament, they won several different ways. So, you know, maybe they could have did that against Baylor too. The reason why UCLA was in it, because they just couldn't miss. They were just making everything. I was just looking at the highlights again, and I was like, man, the contested shots, the off-balance shots. I'm like, how are they making this? How are they making these shots? And the thing going into the game was people were talking about their offense. like Like they slow the pace down, and they don't score as much. So no one expected them to score with Gonzaga, but they did, and they were just making everything. And I was like, God damn, Coley, Cody Riley, every mid-range shot he took was going in, and every time it seemed like Gonzaga would pull away in the second half, UCLA would hit a few shots and then back in it. Just back and forth. No one had a lead bigger than seven, I believe. And then the end of the game was frustrating since I was rooting for Gonzaga to win. It was frustrating because Kispert we have a genius play, and then he come back and miss a three. Or I think in overtime, he had a, a turnover where he was going to the rim, and he fell and lost the ball. I was like, what is this guy doing? And, and in overtime, too, he didn't box out Ju Zhang, and he got the rebound and the putback. I didn't want to see another overtime. I wanted to that game to be over. But Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs came through. He came through. When that shot was going up, I kind of expect him to miss it. It was kind of deep. It went in, and I froze. And then I reacted. Then I fell on the floor, and I just went straight to Twitter. I was pumped. I was pumped. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That was amazing. I was so hyped because I wanted to see Gonzaga and Baylor. It was a huge adrenaline rush. That was in a big adrenaline rush, that entire game. And then the finish, oh, man, I was so hyped. The play where Jalen Suggs uh, blocked, what's the name, shot? He blocked Cody Riley's shot. And then he tight rolls the sideline and bounce passes it to Drew Timmy, who dunks it and and adds the mustache dance <laughs> for some sauce, like, Bruh, I can't stop watching that play. That play got me hyped. I was, man. I can't imagine what would happen if I was watching the game with my friends. And so they probably would love my reactions to plays like that. That play was one of my favorite plays of the tournament. The block and then the bounce pass. And then Drew Timmy with the stash celebration. Oh, my God. Bruh, I will never forget that game. That game was so much fun. This is the type of game that Gonzaga and Baylor should have been, but Baylor just dominated from start to finish. It seemed like they just, it seemed like a team that had unfinished business. They kind of remind me of Virginia. Like the year before, it felt like they were primed to win it, and then it was just suddenly taken away from them. Um, well, Virginia lost to UMBC, Baylor, COVID. So, you know, that happened, and I felt like all year they 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 felt like they were a championship team, and they knew they were one step away, and they just jumped on Gonzaga. Um, the one thing I really liked about Baylor all season was how they pressured the ball. And, like, when they played Oklahoma, I was looking at them, I was like, they're kind of small. Like, we should be going inside. But Oklahoma could not get the ball inside. They were taking all these outside shots. And I was like, wow, this, wow. You really can't get to the rim because their on-ball defense is just really good. You, it, it just, you can't do anything. You can't, if you throw it in the post, they're going to swarm you. You can't really dribble that much. Corey Kispert was just, Corey Kispert this whole tournament 
the last like three games just shaky. Or the last two games just shaky. So it's like, man, unbelievable. And then Baylor, once again, just hitting them threes and how they, you know, was doing these dribble step backs and putting the defenders on skates. And every time Drew Timmy was on a guard, he was getting demolished. And I love the stash celebration, man. It, it, it's awesome. It, it took me a while to get used to it because he destroyed Oklahoma, and that kind of made me mad. But the, he he's one of a kind. He's he's up there with the Christian Leitners and JJ uh, Reddicks. That kind of that kind of dislike polarizing figure in college basketball. He's really good though. But man. I wonder if Jared Butler is going to go to the NBA. I mean, he's the most outstanding player. I wonder if he's going to go to the NBA. He's just a junior. He could come back. I haven't seen him on many mock drafts, though. I've seen uh, Davion Mitchell in the first round. I've seen Maceo Teague, I think, in the second round. But that's it. Like, I haven't really seen anyone else from Baylor on these NBA mock drafts. Things could change. But if he comes back next year, I just hope he doesn't get hurt or anything. Because I'd love to see him in the NBA as a solid role player. Well, who knows? He could be a star. We'll see. But, you know, men's Final Four was cool. Of course, you know, people who are into the women's Final Four said it was better. You can make that argument. Because, I mean, you had Arizona upsetting UConn, which when I found out on the radio, I was... Wow, I got hyped. I screamed. I was like, what? No one expected them to win. I didn't think Ari McDonald, Ari McDonald, I didn't think she was all that good, but she was. Okay, I should have known when they said she averaged 20-something points a game in the tournament alone that she was someone to be accounted for in Watch her play. I watched the highlights, and man, she's like Max A. Smith, like the really short, quick guard. He can shoot just like Max A. Smith, just like him. And she gave UConn problems. She posted up Paige Beckers. Paige Beckers got her by like a few inches, and then she hit a step back on Paige Beckers that made me made made me say, "Uh, like <laughs> I was like, yo." She is just really good, man. And then the rest of her team, like, they were up and down offensively. But defensively, I just like how they force turnovers. And they force UConn some turnovers. Paige Becker still got hers, but she wasn't. She didn't score 20. She didn't score over 20. You know, she was held in check. And they, it was a pretty impressive performance. And I became an Audie Barnes fan because... <laughs> the middle fingers in the in the post game speech that was awesome. I, I loved it. That that got me hyped. I, I was like, okay, if she was my coach, I'd run through a wall for her. Like she is awesome, for real. And then South Carolina Stanford came down the last minute. Leah Boston literally like if she throws the ball up softer or harder, I don't know. They're going to the championship, and I don't know how South Carolina matches up with Arizona. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure Stanford could beat Arizona. They beat them twice already. I would have much rather seen South Carolina in Arizona. And um, I was like, from what I've seen from the two Final Fours, I, from the two Final Four games, I didn't watch them. I was out doing lift, of course. But from what I seen, I was like, I cannot wait to see this championship. So I made sure I was in the house to see these championships, to see this championship. And it didn't disappoint. I'm not going to lie. It looked like Stanford was going to run away with it. They was up like 10 to 2 to start the game. And then Arizona just battled back. They locked down and they really locked in and they focused on defense and they got back in the game and I was like man these guys are for real and Ari McDonald wasn't really shooting that well she only had like five points the first half she had no more than eight I, I know that like it's just 
that girl number one on their team, she was pretty much uh, carrying them. Uh, they were fighting. That's pretty much what Arizona was doing versus Stanford. They was fighting. And they got their best player, Haley Jones, in the foul trouble. That really helped them stay in the game. Uh, Stanford's really known for their three-point shooting. Like At first, they were raining threes, and then they kind of slowed down. Like Arizona's another one of them teams that good on-ball defense, good on-ball pressure. And that, that forced a lot of Stanford turnovers. So it's like, yo, yeah, this team is nice. It's just that they weren't making free throws. They were turning the ball over, too. And they, from three, like, oh, man. Their three-point shooting wasn't very good. And yet still, I don't know, late in the game, seconds to go, they're only down one with the ball and a chance to win despite all of that. And and Haley Jones woke up in the second half because, you know, she got out of foul trouble. Well, she's kind of still in foul trouble, but, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't getting them fouls. She wasn't on the bench, and she... She um made her presence known. And so with all of that working against them, they still found a way to only be down one. And I was expecting some um, amazing last-minute play. And what ended up happening is, of course, Ari McDonald gets the ball. She dribbles, dribbles, dribbles. I'm like, what? what is this? What are we doing? And that was after Stanford had some pitiful possession where they didn't even – cross the three-point line and turn the ball over i i was like i expect something more than that i expected another pass or two and they triple team ari mcdonald and she threw up some nonsense shot i was like what i was disappointed the game was good but the finish was a head scratcher like arizona could have took that but it's just offensively it's just like the UConn-Baylor game. It's just frustrating to watch. I'm like, what are these guys doing? There had to have been a better plan than this. But, you know, Ari is their leader, and I guess you got to go where she goes, and they weren't going nowhere there. I'm just saying. It, it was a good Final Four, though. I guess you can say it was better than the men's, but I, I didn't watch the first two games. But, you know, the first two games were exciting, though. It wouldn't be the first time a women's Final Four was better than a men's. So, I, I could take that. That's fine. All right, now let's get to the Nationals. The Nationals are one and two. But how, how they end up at one and two is frustrating. Like, they won an amazing first game. First of all, they're out for a week because of COVID. Okay, whatever. You know, we got over that. Then we got to play the Braves. We still open up with a division rival. That's fine. And they're the most hated division rival. Okay, let's go. Let's go then. No one's expecting much from this team with Brad Hand out and John Lester and Schwarber and uh, someone else was out, some person I never heard of. All those guys were out. We weren't expecting much from them. But somehow, some way, they they walked off. They walked off that first game. Juan Soto, I heard the call on the radio as it was happening, and I yelled. I was so hyped, man. I was like, "Let's go, man! Let's go!" <laughs> Charlie Slow's like, "Unbelievable!" I was like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes!" I was so hyped, and it was against the Braves, man. What? Oh, and, you know, Scherzer giving up four home runs. You expect Scherzer to give up home runs. He's he's not perfect. And that fastball he throws, some sometimes people take it the other way. Like, some people take it out the yard. It happens. Happens all the time. I've seen it happen in person. But he gave up four. He gave up two to Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, out of all the people you don't let get going, it's Ronald Acuna Jr., and then Freddie Freeman got a home run. Like, these are the main characters. Like, what, Dansby Swanson? Like, these are the main characters. You got to find, you got to get them out, if anything. But, you know, after that fourth home run, it done made him mad, and he settled down and got back in the game. One, listen, once I saw that the Nats got it to 4-4, I think it was a Trey Turner home run, 
I was like, oh yeah, we got this. We're we're in this. And then we walked off. Man, what? So excited. But then they let me down by losing by one. They lost by one. And then they turn around, then lose the nightcap with Strasburg on the mound, pitching a really good game. They lost two nothing. The bottom of the lineup got people who ain't going to be playing that much this year. And, you know, I thought they could do something, and they didn't. And it's just a disappointment. I wanted to sweep the Braves, who all was already 0-3, and, and we sent them to 0-4, and, and now their season's back on track because they beat us twice. Shame, man. I don't even like losing to the Braves. But they, they did it. They, um... The Braves did their thing, and they came out of D.C. with two victories. I swear, man, the Nationals should have took two, maybe all three of those games. I just, it's disappointing. But today, all those people who are in COVID protocol, they're back. You're done. <laughs> You're done. Now, we got the Dodgers this weekend. Oh, man. Just like that. The two participants in the NL championship, we got to start the season back-to-back. And then we got the Cardinals, who got Nolan Arenado. So, I'm like, yo, tough start. Rough start. But you got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. You can't, mm man. You can't start the season one and five. You can't start the season one and six. Or whatever. It'd be one and five. You can't start the season for the third year in a row, 19 and 31. You saw what that got us last year. He was 19 and 31, except that time we only had like 10 or so games left. So 19 and 31 was pretty much a death sentence instead of having 100 and something games to go. We only had 10 games to go. So that, that put a nail in our coffin last year. So hopefully. We're not 19 and 31 for the third straight year. I just got to stay patient. It's it's the start of the season. We played a pretty good Atlanta team, even though they are they come out the gate slumming. I mean, they're two and four. I just got to be patient, uh, period. The Wizards, the Wizards, they beat the Magic with Bradley Bill coming back. Now, the Magic are tanking. They got rid of their four best players. And I'm like, yo, we should beat, the, I mean, Brad Bradley Bill coming back? Oh, yeah, we... We got we had pretty much everybody healthy, and they took care of business. Like Bradley Bill had twenty six, Russell Westbrook had a triple double. I will okay, but I'll give the Magic credit though. Like that dude, um, Terrence Ross, <laughs> he dunked on Bertans, and I was like, damn, bro, that that was lit. That was fire. Like that dunk was fire. Like he had a few. Like he had like two posters. I was like, damn. But you know they took care of business. They took care of the magic. Thank God. Because we need everyone we can get. Because we only got four wins since the All Star break, and it's slipping away. It's all slipping away. Westbrook is still playing pretty well. He's still getting triple doubles. And so we didn't have Bradley Bill. For how many games? We didn't have Bradley Bill for five games. And we just fell back. I mean, we're, oh my God, 8-23 and in a conference, 3-7 and in our last 10. and The Wizards are four games back of Chicago. And Chicago has a three-game lead on Toronto and Cleveland. So it's like, we're four games back of Chicago for that last spot. That seems like a lot. The way we've been playing, that seems like a lot. The way it's looking right now, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get to the playoffs. It's not looking good. And it's a shame because the team is really talented. Rui Hachimura is really coming to his own. Westbrook is healthy and playing well. We finally got Brad Bill back, and he's been playing like Jordan the entire season. Now we can play some defense. Maybe we can make one last run. Maybe. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's 26 games left. We're four games back of Chicago. 
got to get going. Got to get going or it's a wrap. You're going to end up picking in the lottery. And you're going to get one of these kids, Jalen Suggs. I'd love to have him after that performance in the Final Four. I'd love to have him. Um, Kay Cunningham. Evan Mobley. Jonathan Kamunga, like, it's a lot of choices. I mean, we end up in the top five. I ain't going to be mad. If y'all really want to make the playoffs and actually do something, got to start winning like now because it's slipping away. It's slipping, falling, and it won't get up. Shout out to DMX. Rest in peace, DMX. But, man, you got to be kidding. All right, man. So the Caps have lost four of their last six games. I told you it's part of cycle. This is the part where they do just enough to get home ice. That's the that's we're, we're almost coming full circle now. We're 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 getting to the final part of the of the cycle, and you know a month or two from now we're going to get into the early playoff loss part of the cycle. I just hope. That I'm wrong, once again. So they lost 4-6, or six, so they're going to stumble a little bit. Okay, fine. I mean, we're only playing division opponents, and some of these guys are really good. We just lost to the Bruins. We got down 3-0, and, and the one goal I saw that they gave up, I'm not kidding. Like, they were trying to clear a pass, and I, I guess it ricocheted the wrong way, and it ended up right into the defender's hands, and... He literally just tapped the puck in right behind our goaltender. And I was like, are you kidding me? That is Wizards type of defense. That is Wizards type of play. So let's see. They lost to the Islanders twice. Okay, the Islanders are in first now. Okay, I kind of understand that. I don't like losing to them, but they're a really good team. You lost to the Rangers again. I, I don't understand why they can't beat the Rangers. I don't understand why... How the Rangers can't beat the Bruins or the Penguins, but they keep beating the Capitals. I don't understand it, but here we are. And you know, and then we lost to the Bruins, so that's that's four. That's four. It's four out of six, and you know we did beat. Okay, we beat the Rangers. We didn't get swept by them. Cool. But we, no, it's the Devils. We beat the Devils twice. Did you really think that the Caps were going to lose to the Devil on Easter Sunday? No way. Because Pastor Ovi and Deacon Haglin and Minister Tom Wilson, Reverend Tom Wilson, like, they weren't having it, bro. Deacon Oshie, they weren't having it. They weren't having it. They preached the word again on Sunday, and they bodied the Devils, and we complete the eight-game sweep of the Devils. I love beating up on the Devils and the Sabres, but man, you got to do something in these playoffs. Period, man. And this goaltender thing, man, I, I, mean, I hope that these goaltenders catch fire in the playoffs. Whether we go with Samson off or we've been going with Vitek Vanacek the whole year or Craig Anderson, whoever else, else they have, like we gotta, they gotta like play well. They gotta ball out. So the Caps, man, like just you know they've been playing well most of the year. I just hope that they get out of this division, you know, gauntlet. I hope they get past. We're going to have to see the Islanders. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, it is looking it is looking like we're on a collision course with the Islanders. And we're going to have to get past them if we want to do anything in the playoffs. We can't sit up here and lose to the Islanders two years in a row when they have Barry Trotz. No, man, come on. We got to get over the hump. Because this is ridiculous. Gotta get over the hump. Alright, so now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. Hey, Porter Moser is officially the head coach. And hey, it looked like they showed him around. And he did a nice video with uh, Lincoln Riley. And I'm hype, man. I'm hype. 
I mean, he likes he likes the family atmosphere of Norman, which yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's a nice family atmosphere. You see a lot of families at this at these games, and he's he's gonna love it in Norman for sure, man. And I really hope that this team goes back to the Final Four at some point, like they did with Coach Kruger and Coach Sampson. They almost did with they almost did with the coach before Lon Kruger. But yeah, man, like I, I just really hope that we return to what we should be. Uh we didn't even do that bad this year. It's just that the way they finished the season was tough. It, we had no business playing Gonzaga in the second round. I felt like that game should have been at least a sweet sixteen game. It shouldn't have been a second round game. But we slipped so far, we ended up in the eighth place. And if we don't beat Iowa State without beating Iowa State in freaking um, TCU or whoever we played in the first round, Iowa State, yeah, yeah. If we didn't beat Iowa State three times, we lose one of them games, I'm pretty sure we're on the bubble. So it's like that's how bad they finished the season. So hopefully Porter Moser can uh, – get us to back to the final four and maybe get a championship there because they don't have any men's championship banners not that i know of so i mean we've gotten gotten close but now we need to get over the hunt why not i mean if he could get loyal chicago to the final four i can imagine what he could do i can only imagine what he can do with oklahoma and all that talent in Texas and Oklahoma. There's no talent. There's no talent. And softball is still 26-0. and They were supposed to be playing Baylor this past weekend. But then Baylor caught another COVID L. And the ironic thing is, this happened in basketball. We were supposed to play them in Norman, but the COVID L. We were supposed to play them in football. But COVID, no, we beat them. That was West Virginia. But even that game got affected somehow. So Baylor, and then now softball. Baylor and this COVID thing, like, it's just just crazy. It just happens in multiple sports. I'm sure it's probably going to happen in baseball, too. But, you know, the Baylor caught the COVID L, and the only thing that can stop the Oklahoma Sooner softball team is COVID. Because other than that, they're unstoppable. They're unbelievable. So they got Texas next. We'll see how that goes. Um, They swept Kansas. They swept Iowa State. They beat Wichita State. Like, come on. They supposedly was looking for an opponent this weekend. And there's rumors about Mississippi State. And then Lauren Chamberlain threw it out there that she would throw together an alumni group to go against them. (laughs) <laughs> just like the hypothetical game of the episode not too long ago where I had her and a bunch of other Patty Gasol alumni versus Sooner Twitter. That was so much fun. I, sh- I should post a clip of that. That was so much fun. But, yeah. Uh, Sooner softball got a break. COVID's trying to slow them down, just like Baylor basketball. But at the end of the day, it's going to be inevitable. This is the best team in the country. And your local softball team is done. And our rivals are done. I don't care how good they are. They still have to catch the fade from Oklahoma Sooner softball. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I ain't even going to talk about baseball, man. They, they got swept by TCU. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, they're, they're in big trouble because they're in a tough conference. Okay, so now I'm off to Sooner Schooner and talk about the NFL mock drafts. All I see is these mock drafts, man. And Sam Darnold got uh, traded to to the Panthers, which kind of made things interesting. So now we don't have to wonder about that. But it's clear that the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. And there's reports that the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. And everyone's talking about, nah, he should take Justin Fields or Trey Lance and whatever. If he if they think he fits their system better than those guys, hey, they're going to look like geniuses if they're winning. Because at the end of the day, wins and losses. 
That's what matters. Wins and losses. You're going to look like a genius if they start winning. Period. But the mock drafts, man, I'm just done. Like, why do we have damn near a month before the NFL draft? I wish it could happen this weekend. Because I'm just tired of seeing them. I'm tired of seeing them. I'm tired of seeing the mock drafts. I can almost make one of my own. I've seen so many. On TV and on the internet. And I'm like, man, I kind of got an idea of what these folks are going to do by now. I just wanted to be done. I just wanted to happen. Just all this burnout. Um, I do want to know where Devonta Smith is going to go. Is he going to go to the Dolphins at number six? Is he going to fall to the Eagles at number 12? I wonder where he's going to go because I haven't really. He's been up and down on draft. Mark drafts. But, you know, from now on, man, I I just can't wait to the end. And it's not going to get any better. Like, the mock drafts are going to continue. There are going to be more mock drafts. There's going to be more draft talk. And I'm just like, we got to get it on. We got to get on with this. It's got to happen. Why is it just, why is it just three weeks away? Why is it three weeks away? Why can't it be less than that? Man, go ahead. But you might as well say that was a quick take because I'm going to get into some other quick takes. So here we go. So listen, Katie is back and they destroyed the Pelicans who should be better than what they are, but yet they're struggling. And just like last season, they're trying to get that 10th spot. And right now they're two games back at Golden State who is a... slightly better team even with Steph Curry being in and out of the lineup (laughs) so I the Pelicans just like the Wizards like a really talented team and but they don't they're really talented team but they ain't winning like it's crazy it's crazy to me all this hype about Zion and Brandon Ingram and uh, Alonzo Ball you got all these guys, but they ain't winning. It's a shame. But enough about them. Like, KD is back. Harden was just hurt. They're going to have all three on the court in about three or four weeks, I believe. It's going to be a sight to see. But as long as they're all healthy for the playoffs, that's what matters the most. That they're all healthy for the playoffs. Hopefully, they got the chemistry and stuff down pat so they can make a good run, and maybe we can see this Lakers versus Nets. But the way that Phoenix is playing and the Jazz and the Nuggets are still a threat with with Jokic, and you don't want to see Murray. You you don't want to see Jamal Murray in playoff mode draining all them threes. Like, you don't. You saw what happened last year. You don't want him to get that bag back. It's over. But, you know, the Lakers... Everyone still expects them to be in the finals because they got LeBron and AD. But, you know, we got to see what happens when they come back. We got to see how they feel. We got to see how their teammates play around them, even though they got drumming, you know. And speaking of the Suns versus Jazz, I watched that game. I I had some time. I decided to go play flag football that night, so that kind of freed up my evening. So after I went to the gym, I, I went and saw that. And that was a good game. It lived up to the hype. It went to overtime because Donovan Mitchell, just all the confidence in the world, big balls and everything, he hit a deep three to send it to overtime. I was like, man, I love how this dude plays. I love his confidence. I love how he's just not afraid to take them big shots. I don't know what Shaq was talking about. (laughs) He definitely proved Shaq wrong in that moment. And he he really rose to the occasion. But it was too much Booker, too much Chris Paul, too much DeAndre Ayton. Like, these guys really came to play. It's a shame they lost to the Clippers last night. But, I mean, it's tough to beat two really good teams. And and you got to watch out for the Clippers in the West, too. I'm talking about the Suns, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Got to watch out for the Clippers. Got to watch out for the Blazers because... When it's Dame time, it's game time. (laughs) Let me repeat that again. When it's Dame time, 
it's game time. It's over. Y'all watch out for him too. So it's, it's a lot of competition in the West. Oh man, this Nurex commercial, man, with all my all my girls. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I, I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm jumping around. But seriously, the Suns and Jazz is a good game. The Suns ran away from it. And it really showed that they are in it. They are in it. And they are for real. And they're going to be a top two or three seed. And I want to see how they go do against the Clippers and the Lakers, who they're probably going to run up against in the second round or even the conference finals. And they definitely match up with the Jazz pretty well. And I, I love to see it. It was a... That game lived up to the hype, and I have to go back and look at the highlights because that was fun. Um, I'm going to do this live. Check on my DraftKings for uh, the Masters because I picked Dustin Johnson, Cameron Champ, Matsuyama. Matsuyama was actually winning. He was winning until uh, Justin Thomas just went off or is it justin rose yeah just justin thomas had a hell of a start i don't know what happened today i'm trying to see i mean i'm trying to see who's in the lead right now but basically man i have 262 points i'm not doing too bad no actually i have 159 so i'm not i'm not doing that bad okay so the person who's winning justin rose that's who it is so justin rose is minus seven. Before that, Masuama was winning. So the person that's in the lead right now has 356 points. And they got a person in first. They got a person in second. They got three people who are tied for third. And they got someone in 16th. They rolling. They rolling. They probably going to win the money. Well, you can't really tell with golf because it, it just... In, in, in golf DraftKings, it just depends so much on placing and everything. It just depends on it, it. It really depends on the placing and when everyone is, just like NASCAR. So if these guys have bad third and fourth rounds, he could go from first to like three thousand or three hundred thousand. Like it happens that fast. But as far as my lineup, man. I just threw a lineup together. I didn't research or anything. I just threw a lineup together. And so far, I mean, it looks like everyone's going to make the cut. Because usually you need to be, what, top 50 or so to make the cut. It looks like everyone's going to make the cut. Dustin Johnson's plus one. Daniel Berger's plus two. He's my worst one. Matsuama's minus two. He's 13th now. Paul Casey is 20, 22nd. Watch out for him rising at the end. Zalatoris, I don't know why I picked him, but it was a good choice. He's minus two. Cameron Champ, 1.6 owned. Tied for ninth with uh, minus three. That's the sleeper right there. That's the guy who's probably going to win me a bunch of money because no one picked him. And I loved it. And I love it. Just going, that's that's going to win me some money because the less people that owns a person and the better he does, the quicker you can rise up the rankings. That's how these big DraftKings and FanDuel tournaments work. And I love it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Finally, Brandon Marshall, who's going to be in the hypothetical game of the episode on the uh, I Am Athlete podcast. He went off. I didn't even get to. I've heard this podcast a few times. I've heard it on the road coming from Ohio. I've heard it playing video games on Spotify. It's a pretty good podcast, and it's rising up the charts. Uh, last time I checked in Apple Podcasts, they were like number nine or something in, in sports podcasts. So they're, they're up there. It's one of the better sports podcasts. It's one of the best sports podcasts, so. If you haven't checked it out, you know, you got Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. So that is, that is a heck, that is a heck of a podcast. And Brandon Marshall went off. Brandon Marshall's really emotional and he's really loud. 
So and he he's really vocal, and that all came to the forefront in that latest episode, and they got him, <laughs> they got him making a face of him screaming, and memes have been made like all week with him making that face. <laughs> Every time I see it, I just be crying, bro. Like this guy is hilarious. I gotta check out that episode. I probably will either tonight or tomorrow. I can't wait. But now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. I can't even keep a straight face. I, 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 the hypothetical game of the episode this week is a hip hop pop all stars versus the spot podcast all-stars i meant the sports podcast all-stars oh my goodness but yes it's going to be a great game and softball playing softball i thought about making this a basketball game or even a soccer game even flag football but i stuck with baseball i mean i mean softball so i mean baseball season just started might as well right so on the hip-hop pop side you got drake nba young boy Post Malone, Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi Vert, Taylor Swift, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, The Weeknd, The Baby, Rod Wave, Ariana Grande, Travis Scott. So on the sports podcast side, you got Adam McKay, Dan Levitard, Stu Gotts, Big Cat, PFT Commenter, PFT Commenter, Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Hank. Can't say his last name. Bill Simmons, Pat McAfee, Joy Taylor, and Colin Cowherd. Great. This is going to be a good game. I'm sure. I'm sure, man. But Rod Wave and Colin Cowherd start out pitching. Uh, the hip-hop pop team decides to use their pitcher as a batter. And the sports podcast team doesn't. So Colin's going to pitch and not bat. Whatever. I don't know why they're doing it that way. But whatever. Drake opens the game with a home run. After two pitches, boom, gone. So it's one nothing. hip-hop, pop group. Hip-hop group. I'm going to just say hip-hop. Then NBA Youngboy and Post Malone grounds out. Uzi Vert single after that. And then Taylor Swift ends out the inning by grounding out. So then the sports podcast group, they... They go one, two, three. McKay Libertard and Stu Gotts, one, two, three, out. So it's one, zero. So it's one, zero hip hop group. Bet. So then the hip hop team jumps out to a five nothing lead after RBIs from the baby and Rod Wave. But then, yeah, after they got out, Big Cat gets a, gets a triple. And then PFT sends him home with a sack fly. Boom. But then Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson get back-to-back doubles to make the score 5-3. So it's 5-3. Hank strikes out. Bill grounds out. Bill Simmons grounds out. And then that's the end of that inning. So, boom, it's 5-3. It's 5-3 after two. Fireworks, fireworks. So now, so NBA Youngboy gets on base. Post Malone singles. And Taylor Swift hits the ball for an RBI. Gets a single for RBI. So now... It is 6-3. So Lil Baby and Dirk, they get out. And that's the end of the inning. So boom. Then once again, once again, Levitar, McKay, and Stugatz, 1-2-3 are out. And the hip-hop team comes back. They go 1-2-3. The, the Baby, Wave, and Drake, they go 1-2-3. And then, so Big Cat and PFT commenter, they didn't have good luck this time. Uh, Big Cat grounds out and PFT pops up. But Brandon Marshall again, this time with a homer. And Chad Johnson pops out. So Brandon Marshall's two for two. He's going off. He's two for two at RBI. He's he's having a hell of a game. So a 6-4. 6-4 hip-hop. Cool. Some subs come in. Travis Scott comes in. Ariana Grande comes in. Um, Colin Cowherd comes in. He hits instead of pitches. Bill Simmons pitch instead of hit. Okay. And then also Pat McAfee came in along with 
Joy Taylor. Once again, not, not much going with the hip-hop team, but Travis Scott does get an RBI after Post Malone gets a single. But Ariana Grande swings and misses so bad that she falls down and hurts her tailbone. Bet. But she, she gets up, though. She gets up. She gets up, and it's the 7-4 hip-hop team. So, okay, cool. So now, all right, so Hank gets a hit. Pat McAfee home run as soon as he gets in the game. Easy. Bet. So now it's 7-6. Libertar finally gets on base with a hit, but they get stranded. But he gets stranded, and so it's 7-6. Still 7-6. Lil Dirk gets a double, and then... Lil Dirk gets a double, and that scores Lil Baby, who got on base with a hit. So, boom, it's 8-6. 8-6 hip-hop team. So, Big Cat and PFT once again get hits. They're, they're both two for three. And Brandon Marshall with another homer, this time a three-run homer. And it's 9-8. He is hype. He's screaming. He's pumping up the crowd and, and his teammates. So it's nine eight sports podcast team. That was that was after you know that the hip hop team got out after the the RBI. Anyway, nine eight. Hank got out. Pat got out. Joy adds another score. Joy adds another score after Chad Johnson gets on base. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But he was on base. My bad. But Joy got another RBI. Got an RBI and. Now it's 10-8. All right, so here we go. Top of the seventh. This is it. It's only seven innings. This is it. The sports podcast team is now up 10-8. So the hip-hop team need three runs to win or to force a bottom of the seventh. Okay, so Drake and NBA Youngboy, they get on base. But Post Malone and Travis Scott both pop out. Great. So Ariana Grande had to make up for last time. So she forces a full count with some foul balls and a strikeouts. After about 10 pitches, she hits one deep. Look like it's going to be a home run. But Chad Johnson runs to the wall, grabs it. Amazing catch, and the game is over. 10-8, sports podcast team wins. And that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode and you know that i'm out peace (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of the goat level podcast make sure you share subscribe and get money